Today's episode of Setting the Edge is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash setting edge. That's audibletrial.com slash setting edge. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash setting edge. I'm popping bottles tonight. Come do for a fight if you're ready. I'm popping bottles, baby. I'm popping bottles, baby. I'm popping bottles tonight. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to episode 32 of the 70 Edge podcast. I'm Justin Mosqueda. You can find me on Twitter at J U M O S Q. My guest here this week is Charles McDonald. You can find him on Twitter at Fourverts. Say what's up to the people, Charles. What's up to the people? We are back after a spontaneous hiatus, as I would call it. But uh, we just kind of got. It yeah. took a week to do the video for the Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I got derailed. That was my fault. I'll take it out there. <laughs> but we are back with a vengeance. Football is back. And I'm going to be Justice's guest today. And uh, he's going to interview, interview me. And hopefully we can make some good content out of it. Yeah, so uh, I think we're going to do the NFC West preview at the end of this. Because our, our site's down also. Like, there, there's a lot of things that have been happening since uh, we last talked. Um well, let's let's dive right into these questions. Well, hold on, wait, wait. Uh, wait, oh, wait oh, Owen wait, says, wait, 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 wait. Let's give an update on why the site's down. The site's down right now. Uh, if you're listening to it and the site's down, settingedge.com, it's because our tech team, aka our friend Spencer, is revamping the site. So uh, by the time it's done, it's going to look all fancy. But yeah, if you're looking for something and the site's not working, that's why. I was promised sortable tables, and that's really all I want. Yeah. Because I remember those are things that, like, even when I was working with Bleacher Report writing and stuff, um, I'm still working for Bleacher Report. I'm doing NFL 1000. I, I don't think I'm writing anything this year, though. Uh, th- that's one thing that I really wanted was, like, sortable tables. But for some reason, it seems like that's, like, the hardest thing ever to embed on a web page. And I guess we're going to get that. But uh, let's get into these questions. Owen Reese at Reese Draft says, will you ever get over Browns Bay? Oh, uh. Wait, did I tell you what happened with her? No, someone said that it was Hugh Jackson. So we got to fill people in. We went to the uh, Senior Bowl. Right. Charles fell in love with a woman who was next to Hugh Jackson the entire time. We assumed it was Hugh Jackson's like daughter or niece, and then that didn't end up being a true story. Yeah, but I actually did get resolution on the story. It was this lady. She's like, a, she's like a, a psychologist that the Browns have for their for their Senior Bowl practices, and she's going to work with them for the. Uh, 2017 season and i forget her name already but uh i she followed me on twitter after the uh after the senior bowl and i didn't know who she was at first so she she dm me like how'd she find you i don't know she she had like one of those automated you know like some people have like those automated bot responses that uh you know like they'll say thank you for following me and then this message was brought to you by so-and-so so she had one of those and i just i saw that she had a picture she was standing with william hayes on the Rams field, uh, it, like during last season, so I just sent her and DM, "Hey, you want to come on the podcast?" She was like, uh, "I don't think Coach Coach Hugh will let me do that." I was like, <laughs> "Coach Hugh I was like, wait, Coach Hugh as in Hugh Jackson for the Browns?" And she was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh, uh, okay." I was like, and I was just like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll reach out. For, I'll reach out to him and see what we can do." Obviously, I don't know how to get in touch with Hugh Jackson, so I did not follow up. But then I asked her, I was like. Well, who was that lady who was next to Hugh Jackson all week? She was pretty cute. She goes, uh, that was me. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, nice talking to you. And I never <laughs> I never sent her another DM after that. That was the well, end of it. I can't remember her name, though. 
Look, listen, shoot or shoot, and we're going to have another opportunity when we go down to the Senior Bowl next year and the Cleveland Browns are coaching. Yes. So, like, it's going to be fun. Speaking of Cleveland Browns, we got to talk about two different oh, videos. Oh, here's her name. One, Des- Deshaun Jackson went crazy. Or Deshaun I, Kaiser went crazy. I found her name. That? What's her name? Dr. Erin Shannon. Everyone go tweet at her and ask if she wants to come on the podcast. All right, perfect. Please, please do that. Uh, two, two Cleveland Browns videos, though. First one. These are very important. Scrimmages are very important. We should take these very seriously. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser had a bomb, like one bomb throw in practice. And, like, my pants flew off. I I don't know how it happened. Like, my my mentions exploded. There were people that were retweeting that, like, uh, the video of that, like, squirrel thing. I don't know what – I think it's a marmalot or something like that that's just, like, screaming. Oh so yeah, 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 yeah. I know people were just retweeting like Brown's Twitter found that. Uh, I said, I said he went from like, I think I said he went from like, he was either I think it was Ak, I can't, he, he's either from Akron or Toledo, and I can't remember which one it is. But I said he went to there, to South Bend, to Cleveland, to Canton, and like Brown's fans were like, yeah, like Canton Hall of Fame, <laughs> but then also were like, well, actually, he's not from that city, um, which you know what, I deserve that. I, I think I said he was from Akron, mm-hmm. and he's from Toledo, which I, is a it's the same very, thing. It's the same yeah, thing. I don't, I don't know, man. All, all East Coast states are small. I'm from Oregon, um, so there's that. And then uh, Miles Garrett got a sack on Joe Thomas, except for it wasn't a sack; it was actually a screenplay. Yeah, and there are people like, <laughs> oh, well, he still blew him off the ball, and I was like, yeah, but I, I guess it's, it's cool. A screenplay, it's, you it's a screenplay, give him a low run. and I, I guess it is cool to see like how much ground he can cover in that much time. But at the same time, Joe Thomas wasn't actively trying to block him; he was just trying to get him out of the way. So. I don't. I don't really know why people are getting too excited about that. But yo, Emery, uh, our good friend Emery Hunt at Football Game Plan, he was actually at Brown's practice this week, and he says that Hugh Jackson is just in love with Deshaun Kaiser. So I think that Kaiser has a good chance to start Week One if all things go well in the preseason. I mean, he's already charging up that depth chart as, as is. Uh, Cody Kessler and Brock Osweiler are the other quarterbacks there, so I would say that yeah, he has a pretty good shot. Uh, go <laughs> go follow uh, Emery Hunt stuff at Football Game Plan. Um, he just had a, a podcast on with uh, Justin Higdon and uh, Seth Cox for Draft Breakdown, their, their, the Draft Breakdown podcast. Uh, they went and co- recovered like the 2014 NFL draft, and Emory got to brag a little bit that he had like Gabe Jackson like third overall or something like that. Yeah, and that looks good because Gabe Jackson just signed a five-year, $56 million deal with the Oakland Raiders. So good call, Emory. Yeah, I probably had like Rashid Hagman or something like that. <laughs> it's not good. Watman, Justin Watman. All right, we have uh, Senor Carlos at LM, LMJ underscore FF. I don't know, man. Uh, if Chuck was Mexican food, what type would you be? What? Uh, I feel like I, I don't know. I if feel I'm... like you know two types. Let's name all the Mexican food you can name right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you have two shapes. I think you have two shapes. And that's wh- what, you wh- what, what do you think my shapes are? I think you got burrito and you got taco. Yeah, I got burritos and tacos. Uh, I mean, how about you just start rattling them off? Because I'm under pressure. And you're the... You just say, like, pozole, like, mole dishes, like, all sorts of stuff. Tamales, all, all I know it, tamales, all. yeah. I, I just know if it's put in front of me, I'm going to eat it. But I'm not well-versed in the diction of Mexican foods. How about you You rattle off, like, three or four of them, and I'll tell you if I've had them before. I just, I just rattle off, like, four, and you recognize one of them. You're tamales. <laughs> that answers the question. Carlos, tamales. Oh, we got... We got uh, we got Jeff Risen. I promise we're going to get to football questions at some point. We got at Jeff Risen, our good friend. Uh, would you rather go to a Slayer concert or a country music jamboree? Uh, Slayer, because at least I have a chance to die in the crowd. You know, actually, true. Like, have, uh, they have well, cool T-shirts. I don't know. At a country concert, uh, me being at a country concert might be a little dicey. 
We also have when Riley Cooper when he was at uh whatever that that whatever country uh, concert that was. But I'd rather go to a Slayer concert just mainly because the energy. If I'm gonna pay to go to a concert, I want to be hype. I don't want to be mellow and sitting down and drinking beers with my Confederate flags. I want to be you know painting my face and going wild. Awesome. All right, Uh, Tyler Morales. What's scarier, the ocean or space? Uh, definitely the ocean because in space, if you like your helmet comes off, you just die instantly. But in the ocean, like you, you can drown, you can get eaten by a shark. Uh, there's a lot more uncertainty, but in space, you know that once the helmet pops off, you're done for. All right, David. David Gamble wants to get you in trouble. His uh, his Twitter handle is David Gamble one one four. Uh, Beyonce or Rihanna? <sighs> I know we've had this conversation a lot. I still go with Beyonce. I, I, she's just a queen. I don't know. And and that picture of her after she had the twins was just immaculate. But, you know, Rihanna, she's getting kind of thick, too. Uh, but I, I still got to go Beyonce. She's got the whole catalog going back from, like, 05, Dangerous in Love. I still play me, myself, and I on the reg. So I'm going to go Beyonce. But Rihanna's, she, like, they're, like, they're both in their own categories, you know. It's, it's wrong to compare our black queens like that. It's different. I had I had uh, one of my friends, Skylar, she was telling me, she was, was like, so, something about, like, guys want to get with Beyonce, guys, like, want to be Rihanna low-key. Yes, yes, that's it's perfect. So, it's something like that. Like, they are di- they are different lanes. I would love to be Rihanna, or even just be her best friend. I would love to be Beyonce, to be honest. Like, if we're going to correct this, that's cool with me. Why would you want to be Beyonce? That's a lot of money. Yeah, she's, about to buy the, she's about to buy the Houston Rockets and have LeBron play for her. We're gonna get all the LeBron Beyonce memes. Oh yeah, I mean we already have a lot, and they. Well, we're good. Yeah, but think of like the more, like turn that up like times fifty. She's gonna be courtside every game. That's true. I just feel like Rihanna has more fun on the weekends than Beyonce does. But Beyonce also has three kids now, so that'll be expected. Fair. All right. Uh, where do we want to go from this? Do we want to go and talk about this this ranking thing that I ended up doing that pissed people off on Twitter, or do we want to go into NFC West? Uh, let's go into the rankings because that will probably lead us into the NFC West, regardless. Okay, so uh, do you have the thing open? It's on. It's on. Uh, for everyone that doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about, uh, go to my my Twitter page, JUMOSQ. Um, go to the pin tweet. It's gonna be pinned up there. And basically, what I did was, you know, looking through all these numbers through our NFL previews. Basically, what we've realized is that close games, single score games, are essentially coin tosses. So I went game by game looking through games at from a a gambling perspective right like what we did in season where you know you look at a line you flip the line so like if a team is a six point favorite at home if you flip that line and accounting for you know three points for home field advantage on each end that team would be you know in a pick em situation with that team on the road so basically what i did was i tried to figure out okay which teams would I personally like? Which games would I personally put in like handicap in a way that would be a multi-score game? So like, pay, like Jets at Patriots. Obviously, that game is going to be a multi-score game, right? Right. Um, things like that. So basically, I went by game by game every like 17 weeks. Uh, I double checked to make sure I got everything right, and I ended up listing out uh, basically like what my projected over unders would be, like the win totals, right? And what I ended up with in uh, the AFC, I had 1C New England, 2C Pittsburgh, 3C Tennessee, 4C the R Los Angeles Chargers, uh, 5C R Buffalo Bills, and then the 6C was split between uh, either Baltimore or Denver. I was surprised that those two teams were that high. Um, in the NFC, it was number one Seattle, 
Number two, a toss-up between Green Bay and Minnesota somehow. Uh, three, Philadelphia. Four, Atlanta. Five is, you know, the other of Green Bay and Minnesota, and the sixth seed was Arizona. The biggest surprise that I had personally was Dallas. Dallas was my fourth team in the power rankings that I had before going into this, but they were my seventh team in the NFC. Uh, they, I mean, they had a better rec- projected record than three of these AFC teams, but their 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 record is their schedule is just so hard, and they like the NFC is just kind of the AFC really is two teams, right? I think yeah. we can all pretty much admit that. Like it's been that way for, for a while. For Fifteen for fifteen years, we've had Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and Ben Roethlisberger. The only except, exception was one Joe Flacco year. In the NFC, no one repeats really. Like I, Russell Wilson might be the only repeated NFC championship game quarterback like he's probably the only guy who active right now who's been a multiple uh super bowls in the nfc that's not the same in uh with new england and pittsburgh um but i was surprised how low dallas was that schedule was just hard like there's literally two gimme games they play uh the 49ers and they play the rams their easiest game other than that is probably home at washington and washington you know while while they're not dallas right like watch if you know, Washington beating Dallas wouldn't be something that would make your jaw drop to the ground. Like, that can happen. It's the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, we, Washington, they still have all those playmakers. Jordan Reed, I mean, ideally healthy. They have Jordan Reed, Terrell Pryor, Jameson Crowder, and uh, like a, a top five offensive line probably with the investments that they've made. So, like, they're a team that can, like, you don't expect them to beat uh, good teams consistently. But if they come out here and upset somebody, it's not really a, a huge shock. Yeah, so... This is Dallas's schedule at home. Okay, so if we're if we're looking at this right, we want to separate what what games they would be favored by more than touchdown or not at home, right? So we got the Giants, the Rams, the Packers, the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Chargers, which are who I'm higher on than most people, the Redskins, and the Seahawks. You know that the only team that I can see them being favored by more than touchdown would be the Rams. Yeah, can we talk? Hold on, let's let's backtrack a little bit and touch on the Chargers a little bit, because since we've recorded that AFC West preview, hard, hard. I, I, I'm trying to. I told you, man, they, it always don't looks good it. on paper, but don't, don't, don't. some Charger shit always has to happen. Forrest Lamp, Mike Williams, and we they haven't even played it. They lost rookies, but two that were projected to start, and one that was projected to start at a season, at a position that was just horrific for them last year so i don't know see but the thing is okay so if matt slauson kicks so if matt slauson and dan feeney are the starting guards are we really worried about who's playing center in los angeles is that really something that we're going to be stressing about i mean we, we don't know how good dan feeney is i watch dan feeney when he doesn't have that also that dan feeney concussion is coming right up the pike um but until then we are we are riding <laughs> dan feeney and the los angeles Chargers. like he, he has got like he's got no shot he would have been a first round pick i know there were uh first round mocks Probably when the postseason was still going on, that had Dan Feeney as like a late first round pick to the Falcons, and we were talking about him because yeah. you were like, what "The hell is Dan?" I remember you asking me about who Dan Feeney was and who Deion Dawkins was, and I was like, "Feeney thumbs up, Dawkins thumbs down." Um, but <laughs> the thing about Dan Feeney is he's had he's had a history of concussions already, so uh, that 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 might not be the best situation if your highest impact. A uh, player like rookie, right, is going to be like a fifth round, like slower safety. However, they play him, uh, that's not going to be ideal. But until then, we're still riding with Dan Feeney. Okay, uh, yeah. So let's go back to the NFC. And what caught my eye here with the, uh, I, I guess you know the mock playoff seedings that you had was the split between Seattle and Arizona and 
the Rams and the 49ers. And that kind of, I mean, that kind of takes us into a, a little bit where we can divulge into the, the NFC West talk. But what, what makes you think that Arizona is going to bounce back and be, you know, this board, like, you know, 10-11 win team? Um, you know how people think of the Denver Broncos? That's kind of who the Arizona Cardinals actually are, minus a cornerback. Um, they had a much better passion, pass rushing unit than the Denver Broncos last year. Uh, I mean, they, they legit, like Marcus Gold and Chandler Jones could get 10 sacks. Um, I, th- I think my my biggest concern, right, one, it would be Carson Palmer, who hasn't been, Carson Palmer hasn't been Carson Palmer, or the illusion that we thought Carson Palmer was um, since that finger injury against the the uh, Philadelphia Eagles two years ago, I want to yeah. say. Yeah. So he hasn't, he hasn't been anything close to the same since then. Um, offensively, that's probably my biggest question. Defensively, uh, they have two inside linebackers who are former like college defensive backs, and they don't have a defensive lineman that anyone can name other than Robert Kimdichie, who played like fifty snaps last year. Yeah, I'm I'm really <laughs> I'm I'm really interested to see how like the middle of that defense comes together because you're gonna have like you said Kimdichie who barely who who essentially redshirted last year. Uh, and then you have Dion Buchanan, who I think is a fine player, but tends to get overrated uh, in like the scope of how we look at those you know, inside linebackers. And then Hassan Reddick. So I-, I think those are three guys that are going to have a lot of variance to their play. And I- I- I'm really interested to see like how those guys take a step with Kalias Camp- Campbell moving on to Jacksonville this year. So you only have to watch the nose tackles, I think, because I graded the-, the 34 DNs for... For uh, bleacher for uh, NFL 1000, right? Yeah. How, how many of the how many of these linemen for Arizona can you name? Like, do you have it open? No, I don't. But I remember okay, they, it was Corey Peters, uh, and then the other guy that they drafted in the fifth round in 2015. His name's slipping my his the name's kid from Delaware State. Yeah, the D2 kid. Yep, uh, Rodney the, Gunter. He was the yeah, guy. Yeah, Gunter. Draft analysts literally did not know who he was. I think NFL Network didn't have video to run. It was like the fastest that because they have video on every like they got video on like two thousand guys. Uh, I had someone send me the NFL uh, Network like like what what the analysts have to look at like on draft day, right? And it's like pages and pages on all these kids, and they had nothing on Ronnie Gunter like two years ago, and there was probably two thousand kids in that book. Um, yeah. The other, like the second string of the defensive line is like Ed Stinson, Xavier Williams, and Josh Morrow. And like I forgot Xavier Williams was a thing. Like I was watching that Dallas game, the Dallas Arizona preseason game, uh, which like oh Matt, Matt Barkley, uh, quarterback whisperer got to him. Um, but Xavier Williams, like I forgot he even like was a person. Like I don't know where the hell he was last year. Yeah, I mean, I, and I I kind of like uh, Gunter and Peters as a as a duo. But the thing is like. Gunter isn't a guy that you want taking a ton of snaps, and Peters is constantly in and out of the lineup, and that's kind of been his mo since he was a Falcon. So, uh, it's it's really it, it's really weird that they kind of ignored that in the draft. But that back seven should be a lot of fun at the very least, and you, you have two guys that can rush a passer, so you're still going to be a capable defense. Okay, so let's talk about this. So I had uh, for projected wins, we had the 49ers with four, the Rams with four and a half. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals has a wild card team with ten and a half, and the Seattle Seahawks is the one seed in the NFC, number two team in the NFL uh, with eleven and a half. So, what what issue do you have with the Arizona Cardinals? I guess I would say because like their offensive line got better, I would think. 
Um, their defense is fine outside of, you know, the front line of the defensive line. As long as, like, even Tremont Williams can be, like, halfway functional uh, as that opposite corner. Like, at worst-case scenario, he ends up being that guy. Other than that, like, it's really, like, a cornerback. I guess it's, like, the most important positions in football. I just worry about their quarterback, a cornerback, and their defensive line. Yeah, that, that's that's where <laughs> I am. And maybe it's enough to get them to that, that like, to squeeze into the uh... – the wild card is a six seed, but I don't I don't see this team like winning a winning a playoff game really, especially if if they go on the road. I'm gonna look up their schedule real fast because I think they have a very easy schedule. Well, okay, well let's look at the, what the the numbers that like, you that you got for setting edge like the previews. They were 25th in completion percentage, 23rd in interception percentage, 20th in sack percentage, uh, 12th in yards per carry. But thirty uh, first and fumble percentage. So I, I, I don't know it, the numbers. They don't. They weren't really suggestive of a great offense last year. But hopefully, and for not Andy Reid, Bruce Arians for, remembers that he has David Johnson on his team because there would be stretches. Like I remember when they played Atlanta uh, in the Georgia Dome last season, and David Johnson was running all over them and making plays out the backfield as a pass catcher, and then. Bruce Arians didn't give the ball to him for like a quarter and a half, and they just got blown out in the rest of that game. So that, that's that's one thing I've I've kind of noticed with the Cardinals. This Bruce Arians will just forget to give David Johnson the ball, but if you can just keep like stay committed to that plan, I think that takes a lot of pressure off that offensive line and Carson Palmer, who's who's real real streaky now. Very streaky. Uh, let's play a game real fast. I want you to tell me if you would or wouldn't take the Arizona Cardinals over these teams. Okay, just say yes or no. Uh, the Lions. Yes. The Cardinals. Or the Colts. Yes. The Eagles. Mm, yeah, I would, because I still like their offense better. Uh, the Rams. Yeah, of course. The Niners. Of course, yeah. The Texans. Mm, yeah, yeah, I would. The Redskins. Mm, see, they're kind of similar to me. Like You can flip a coin to me on that one. Okay. Well, well, we'll pass. I want to tie the Seahawks. No, we're not taking over Seahawks. Okay, so, so yeah, I guess that kinda... have, there's six one and one. Like in terms of like, if if you think they're a more talented team against teams that they're going to p- be playing on the road against, and the Rams isn't even a road game. That's in that's in London. Yeah. Wow. So okay, yeah, so it's a super easy schedule. That's is. what I'm I, telling you. I, like, I forgot the, the I power rankings. I didn't have Arizona super high. Like I I, I think. I didn't have Arizona. I think Arizona probably would have been the first team left out of the NFC because I thought Dallas would have made it in. They're they're kind of on the opposite spectrums where Dallas has a really hard schedule. They end up getting kicked out, and Arizona in the projections got kicked in because they had such an easy schedule. Yeah, that is, they're probably gonna be one of those teams that gets into playoffs, but like their DVO rank is is pretty low. Yeah, they're gonna be the Lions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, okay. Uh, do we want to move on to any of these other NFC teams? NFC West teams? San Francisco. Uh, they're not good. No. But they have they have they have a weird amount of defensive line talent. Like I don't know how it's all going to mesh together, but you know, you figure at least two of those guys are going to end up hitting in this scheme and if you have two pass rushers. Yeah, and the thing with the 49ers is like they're not in a rush to compete really. So you can kind of spend the year, even next year, just kind of tinkering with those guys and see what they can do. But it, I mean, they they have an intriguing set of players. I, I'm not sure how the you know how the defensive coordinator Robert Saleh kind of sees all those guys piecing together. But I do think it's really 
really weird that he's insisting on, or so far what we've heard out of camp is insisting on Eric Armstead being Leo and Solomon Thomas being like that big end role. Cause I think that you would just flip that and it'll make a lot more Goodness. sense. But like, yeah. yeah, I think if, if you flip that, it makes a lot more sense, but I mean, uh, they'll, they'll find out on their own that Eric Armstead is not an outside pass rusher and Solomon Thomas is not your point man on the defensive line. But I, I really think it's interesting. The, the kind of talent they've brought in on offense uh, not that they're you know stars or anything, but they're real NFL players like Pierre Garçon, uh, Brian Hoyer is a you know quasi real NFL player, and with Shanahan pulling the strings, I, I think the offense should look functional at times. But like you said, they just don't have enough talent to really be that competitive. And the Rams, I mean, what is there to say about the Rams? So I, I have two things on the Niners. One, I want to apologize to Matt Barkley. Because I learned Matt Barkley is actually a 49er. The guy who I was thinking about is actually Blaine Gabbert. It was Blaine Gabbert, not Matt Barkley, playing for the Arizona Cardinals uh, on, what was it, Thursday or whatever? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> got got you guys mixed up. Sorry about that. Uh, number two, when Charles says that he buys into Kyle Shanahan, he's not lying to you at all. We are in a in a four-money dynasty league. And Charles, we have, we have three rookie draft picks. <laughs> And Charles' first pick was Joseph Williams, the running back from the San Francisco 49ers. His second round pick was Trent Taylor, the wide receiver from the San Francisco 49ers. And his third round pick was C.J. Beathard, the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, who is horrible. He's disgusting. He's horrid. Um, Look, but, man. Yeah, like, Charles, is a full-on, Charles is a full-on Kyle Shanahan fanboy, and I want to get him to the point where we go into, like, week one of the season, and he's freaking out if, like, Oh my God! Like we're really trotting out like Mohamed Sanu and Taylor Gabriel as wide receiver two and wide receiver three, and Shanahan's gone. I need my dad back. I like I need oh, that. To I, I want up. him back. I've been saying that I want him back for months now, but you know, Falcons Twitter still has the vendetta out for him, and and I get it. I get it. I'm I'm still upset too. I will never not be upset. But come on, like he he really just he he pulled the strings for the best offense I've ever seen, and I thought even in 2015 when they didn't have a great year on offense. I still thought, like, from a situational play calling standpoint, he was still great. He just didn't have the horses to run when he needed to run. And then he got them, and you saw how explosive it could all be. But, yeah, I'm I'm secretly a 49ers fan for this season, or as long as, long as Shanahan's there. So uh, I'm going to talk about the Rams real quick, uh, just so Charles doesn't have to. Charles, you can tune out if you need to. Uh, I'm actually writing about the Rams this preseason for football guys, so I've been able to like, keep up with their camp notes and things like that. Uh, Tavon, Ar- uh, Tavon Austin has a hamstring issue. I think Josh Reynolds is hurt too. Um, basically, uh, I, gu- I guess the people who have been showing out at receiver have been Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. I'm not surprised by that. I mean, that's your third-round pick and a guy that you just gave a brand-new, huge free agency deal to. Um, but everyone says that like with Tavon Austin hurt, basically they're just running a dink and duck offense. Like They're throwing five-yard passes. Um, Lance Dunbar is already hurt. Uh, behind Todd Gurley so that means Malcolm Brown is literally the only running back who has any playing experience in the NFL behind Todd Gurley which is frightening and he has like 20 carries for his like NFL career like it's not a joke like the I I thought I I think we talked about this when we did the AFC West preview where like we were like 30 teams in basically and I was like Melvin Gordon has the worst running back depth behind him by far. Like, there's nothing behind Melvin Gordon in, in uh, Los for the Los Angeles Chargers. And then I did the Rams preview, and I was like, man, there, there literally is nothing. Like, the only guy, I think the only running back on that roster other than Gurley who was even drafted is their rookie fullback. Like, it's just not good. And the weird thing to me, um, the Los Angeles Rams in 2015, right? 
Todd Gurley's rookie year when he was super efficient. He yeah. was actually getting tackled in the backfield at a higher clip that year than he was last year. So I don't I, – I mean, I'm sure there are, there's other ways to measure offensive line play, right? But it's not like their offensive line was close. Like they were – I think they were the worst of, like in terms of percent, tackle for loss percentage on offense. They were the worst over the last two years uh, during Todd Gurley's rookie year when he was a standout and a pro bowler, I want to say. So I, I don't know how much of like – how much is going to end up falling on the shoulders of Todd Gurley and like if he's going to be back like I don't know if this is a bounce back type of situation or if like that he's just kind of spent I don't I don't really know well I, I, apparently you know there have been some whispers that he was hurt last year but we still got to see it before we can kind of give credence to that but the Rams they are in a bad place right now man like they have no money rest in peace Dominic Easley rest in peace Dom Easley who got waved uh Aaron Donald's holding out they're trying to extend Alec Ogletree I mean like as much as we talk about Jeff Fisher being you know a a huge problem for that organization I I still think Les Snead was a bigger issue because if you don't if you take out Todd Gurley then he's only hit on one first round pick Aaron Donald he missed on Greg Robinson. Uh, I think we can say he missed on Jared Goff, and he didn't have a first round pick this year. To how mess dare up. you? <laughs> but, how, how dare you? I mean, I, but the thing with Aaron Donald is he's holding out and he's asking for you know a new contract, but with what money, dude? They, they have the least amount of cap space in the NFL, and they're a very bad team. Like, I, I don't, I don't see this thing turning around anytime soon for them. Man, Rams. who who, who could have guessed that tagging Tremaine Johnson and back to back? Off seasons was a bad idea. Not Tremaine Johnson. Who, who, who on earth? <laughs> who on earth could have thought? Yeah, Tremaine Johnson is smiling ear to ear. Let's make make like, a quick thirty mil. Oh, safety from Montana playing cornerback for the Rams. This is amazing. Um, like yeah, like there's just a bunch of weird things happening. Um, they basically have no depth. Ethan Westbrooks, who I think we like, he's okay. He's okay. Yeah, but he's not he was bad. okay. Forty three end, and they moved all their other forty three ends other than Robert Quinn out. Like they got traded or cut. Uh, Ethan Westbrook's apparently going to be like starting at five tech right now. Oh my god! Like for sixteen games, like that's an, an ideal situation. And if he doesn't, then it's going to end up being like Tanzel Smart. So uh, this is going to be a really weird situation to look at. Everyone has hamstring injuries. That Samson Ikubam, uh, Ikubam, Ibukam. Uh, I think yeah. he's, he's from he's from Gresham. He went to the same high school that Owen did. I should know what the hell his name is. Uh, but like, there, there's just issues all over the secondary. Um, at cornerback, it's like EJ Gaines and and Kayvon Webster are battling with each other. Kayvon Webster like hasn't played in the past two years, and he ended up signing like a five million dollar deal with Denver or something like that. Like just because he or with uh from Denver to the Los Angeles Rams just because he knew Wade Phillips. Like it's a very odd situation, but it seems like he's able to compete with them. I just can't see it with this team, man. Like, I'm going to be totally honest. Robert Quinn is missing. Like, he's just straight up missing. They're like, yeah, he's been excused. It's a personal matter, but it's nothing serious. But, like, he hasn't been to practice yet. I, I, I don't know what I don't know what's happening there. Uh, but I'm, I'm guess I'm glad that they have a new – they have a fresh-round pick for their new GM who will undoubtedly be a new GM this time next yeah, year. Yeah, so this, this is the thing about, about Les Need. Les Need is a general manager who has proven that he can't trade back – and build a team, and he can't trade up and build a team. So, like, I don't know what else you want from him, man. Like, he, he kind of he, he fell on his face both ways, trading, you know, to the first overall pick and from the second overall pick. So, I don't really know what you want me to do there. Yeah, it, I, I was honestly, I'm honestly surprised he, he's held on as long as he has. Okay, uh, you want to talk about Seattle at all? 
Like they have, they have a horrible offensive line. Let's start with that. It's it's the same thing as out. every year. You know, they have a horrible offensive line, great defense, good quarterback. I mean, they're gonna they're the best team in the division just because that defense is so good. But I do think that this could be. Obviously, the bar is lower than the floor, but I think this could be their best offensive line in a few years. Now, I mean, just think about where they are now compared to where they used to be. Luke Jokel is an upgraded left tackle for them. Over George Fink? Absolutely. Fink? Like, no doubt. I, I think uh, the Seahawks the Seahawks came out and said Luke Jokel was like, I can't remember where I heard this. Uh, it might have been the Ringer podcast with a uh, friend of the podcast, Dan Kelly and Robert Mays. Um, I think the Seahawks came out and said that Luke Jokel was like their highest graded guard last year or something like that. How many games? How many games did Luke Jokel play? Like one. I he played a couple. I can't remember if he got hurt straight up or if he got moved around and then he got hurt. I can't remember how that situation ended up because I graded the NFC. Yeah, I don't remember exactly, but I don't, I don't think he played many games. But the, the, they're at a point where Luke Jokel at left tackle is like a fairly considerable upgrade for them. And I, I think the only offensive lineman they had that was the actually solid uh, was Justin Britt, the center. He's not bad. Yep. And then hopefully you can get a Fetty to Justin improve. Britt, who progressively is getting kicked further inside. Like he's going to end up being left left guard and left tackle at some point. Because he was like <laughs> a right tackle when he started, right guard, then got kicked into center. Like he's just moving right to left for whatever reason. Um, yeah, but, I think but, you nailed it on the head. We got to get we got to get some hot takes off though. Uh, Thomas Rawls or Eddie Lacy, who's winning that job? Or CJ Proseis? Everyone. Uh, did you know he used to be a receiver? Did you know that he used to be a receiver? Oh, I was yeah. not aware. Uh, I still like Eddie Lacy, man. I, I I I feel like people are down on Eddie Lacy for no real reason. I mean, I mean, obviously he's overweight, but even when he's overweight last season, he still averaged over five yards a carry. So, like, this is a guy who can still produce even when he's not in his best shape. Yeah, the Packers line's a little different. Packers line's a little different than Seattle's, but yeah, I, it I is. But, so okay, let's but do five this. yards a carry is five. Who, like, who that's not the, nothing to sniff at. Who do you have more confidence in, Eddie Lacy? Or I guess you'd have to go Marshawn because of Marshawn's line, right? Uh, I just I don't trust anyone who's like, especially a running back who's already has a, like a, a trillion carries sitting out a year and then just coming back. I, I know that the offensive line is is amazing in Oakland, but I don't know the it the, the physical logistics don't add up to me. That's fine. Anti old people, I can sign. I can co-sign that. Uh, speaking of not old people, uh, Malik McDowell. That was rough. Yeah, it, it means, that, that, was, that was like your number five dude, right? Like he's my number. He's my number, he's my number two player. Uh, yeah, Doctor Hagman. That was my. That was my Hagman. Hagman. That's like when when I remember watching Hard Knocks and watching Hagman and like Hagman's like hiding inside of his sweatshirt like during film and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> oh goodness! I remember Hagman. What was it? His Instagram post where he he uh there man. There's a history with Hagman. Hagman said that he was banned from something, but it was like banned, like what you go to like pay, you pay a ticket to go watch he was banned from somewhere and then he was on instagram when uh atlanta went to play in london i want to say and he was asking people like where to buy weed in london like between those like those three things it's those two social media incidents and then uh what he looked like on hard knocks i was just like man there's no way hagman's ever gonna hit like i'm gonna look like a dumbass i need to backtrack on this are you backtracking on malik mcdowell at all like all, all, all i know about malik mcdowell right now is Michigan State seems to turn on every single star that they have. But he signed with Drew Rosenhaus, and now he's injured before he even has an NFL snap because he was at, like, an ATV accident. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm, I'm still on the bandwagon unless he just has to retire because he broke his face. But orbital fractures are always pretty scary. He said that he was gonna be back uh, with the Seahawks like a few days ago, but obviously that never happened because he broke his face. Uh, I, I don't, I don't really know what to make of that. So it's TBD for now. Still stand by my take. And uh, let's, if he doesn't hit, I'll just say it was because he broke his face back in 2017. Perfect. Yeah, you don't have to take any accountability at all. Nope. No, Josh Norris has set that precedent. You don't have to take accountability for uh, accountability for uh, injuries. So we're in the clear, absolutely. Um, all right, we done here. You want to talk about these rankings more? Or are we good? I think we're good here. Were there any more questions that people want to get off? No, you you didn't you didn't draw the attention of folks. I actually had a spreadsheet of like a bunch of things I wanted to ask you, but I can't remember uh, where I put it. All right. <laughs> Well, that's fine. This can be last jokey episode. Uh, so that's going to conclude episode 32 of Setting the Edge. We'll be back uh, on a weekly basis again now that the season's starting up. We're going to have preseason games starting on Thursday, including my beautiful, glorious Atlanta Falcons playing against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, when did the Packers play this week? Uh, I can't remember, but I think the, pa- the Packers preseason schedule is something like – it's just going to be takes, man. Like, it's every single team that has been in my mentions this entire... So, they start this Thursday against uh, the Eagles. Oh, God. It's at, it's at Washington, at Denver, and then against the Los Angeles Rams. Like, the Packers don't have to play a good quarterback until, I don't know, sometime in the sometime in the regular season. Oh, man. We, we have to light up Eagles Twitter when, when the Packers play them this week, for sure. Oh, man. Dude, dude, okay, week, week four of preseason... Is that the Sean Mannion? Sean Mannion gets to go against Green Bay's backups. Is that when he, uh, when we start building the momentum for the Sean Mannion wagon? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because we wrote, I, I put this in the Los Angeles piece, but both of us had heard that sh- there there are people who have caught passes from from Sean Mannion and from Jared Goff in practice who think Sean Mannion should be the guy. Yeah. That thing's gonna start up soon. I, I hope it's against Green Bay's backups. Like they're they're starting uh, Quentin Rollins. Yeah, I learned this uh, uh, family night. They had they were streaming family night, and I tuned into it. And I'm like, wait, Dean Lowry starting at nose tackle instead of uh, Kenny Clark, and also like uh, Quentin Rollins is a starting defensive back. And they're like, yep, Morgan Burnett starting at inside linebacker. Yep, this is totally normal. Mm. Sounds like another fun year in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers just being superhero yet again, dragging that team to the playoffs. Uh, but two seed, yeah, two seed. So, that, yeah, that's going to conclude episode 32 of Setting the Edge. Like we said at the start of the show, if you're trying to get onto the site uh, and it's not loading, that's because the site's Wait, down. Charles, 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 I do have one more question. What? Okay. Uh, as as my guest, like, do you have anything to plug? Oh, do I have anything to plug? Oh, uh, I have a bunch of pieces coming to the Falcoholic in the next week because, uh, because a lot of people have questions about how the like the linebackers are going to be set up so i got some good stats from our good friend of the podcast steve palazzolo that i'm going to throw in there uh we need to talk about jalen collins's mm-hmm. suspension his 10 game suspension and how that's going to get fixed together and then uh, i got asked to write about the thrilling right guard battle between the former 2015 2016 uh six round pick who was inactive for every game and ben garland who played defense in the playoffs so that's going to be a thrilling ride for me Atlanta's got some holes. You were telling me that uh, you were like, yeah, Jalen Collins isn't an issue because we have this guy who has literally played one one season of defensive back play and like didn't start football until he was a high school senior. No, I, I, I said 
I said that you know, it's cool. Like, the depth, like, it sucks because Jalen Collins, he did play well last year. And obviously, I mean, I think Jalen Collins is better than Brian Poole, but... Uh, like you have guys that have played at least. It's not it's not the complete end of the world like it seemed last year when uh True Fall went down and you had literally nobody who had played. So we just went over Green Bay's defensive back depth. You don't have to you don't have to explain yourself to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, audibletrial.com slash setting edge. Yes, audibletrial.com slash setting edge. Uh, if you're trying to get onto the site and a loading page comes up and it's not working, that means that we're just updating the site. But hopefully by the time you listen to this, you should be all good to go. Thank you to our man, Spencer Man, uh, for updating the site. And also, congratulations to our father, Eric Stoner, for having a child. Axel Stoner, uh, big baby boy. We're happy to have him part of the family. Yes, sir. And sh- shouts, to his, uh, shouts to his girlfriend, too. Oh, yeah, Melissa. We love you too. Eric didn't do anything. Eric didn't have to do anything this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's going to uh, close episode 32. We'll be back next week, hopefully with a guest. Uh, yeah, we'll get on that soon.